0: We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station.
3: It is the Chicago Bears schedule. It should be the schedule release show, but I'm going to say release party. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. And, you know, on Saturday nights, usually me and this guy, we're sipping tequila. But on Sundays during the bear yeah. season, we're pounding Miller Lights during the Brew Review. <laughs> Joining us right now on the Circuit Resort and Casino hotline, Circuit Resort Casino, in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, is former Chicago Bear Corey Wu. And Corey, welcome to the show, man.
4: Hi guys, uh, pleasure to be here with, with with these two great guys, Big Ant and Chicago Gay. I can't,
3: dude. I already get enough <laughs> crap for my name. You know that I'm here. Here's all right. Since we're going there, you're making me go there. You know when I was at B ninety six. You know, you were you start you as a producer, and, you know, when you're in pop radio, you're always producer fill-in-the-blank. So I was producer Gabe, and I hated that name because I, I was felt like they were pigeonholing me. I felt like I was so much more than a producer. <laughs> and so I changed my email address. I changed my Twitter handle, and I did it so quickly, and I was like, well, you know what? I ride for Chicago so much, born and raised here, and I was like, Chicago Gabe. Now, this is like 10 years ago, and here I am going into seven to score, and I feel like people hear it, and they just roll their eyes. Uh, Brian, the video producer, I was doing my show on Beck QL the other day. He's like, oh, it's Chicago Gabe. And I'm like, dude, Dustin, the morning show producer for Bully Hall. Chicago <laughs> Gabe walking through the building. I said, bro, not Corey Wuens, give me crap too. But you know what? I'm owning it, and I ain't changing it. So you got to deal with it.
4: That's them. how people know you, man. That's that, that's how oh, people man. know you out there, right? Just just like Big Ant. That's what they say, Big Ant.
3: All right, Dominican Corey.
4: Even, even, even though I'm big, even though I'm bigger than him, you know. Right, what I mean? right. I call him Domen-
3: I call him Dominican Corey, even because he's a like light skinned brother with that looks Dominican with his little curly hair.
5: Oh, yeah. I can see that now. I hadn't even thought I about that. That's a good can't. one. That's yep.
4: true. All right, well, yeah, that's a lot of what people equal? say, man. I'm glad
3: you're joining <laughs> the show here, Corey. Bear's schedule is just released. I know you had an opportunity to take a look at it. Why don't yep. you first start off with telling me what week the Bears are going to get their first victory in? Week one. That's what I'm talking about. Mm. Trey, who? I'm,
4: I'm, I'm, exactly. And, and it's, it's, it. two, it's two young quarterbacks, right? That have a lot to prove, right? Justin Justin Fields really has to show showcase himself this year. Uh, Trey Nance, um, he's got to showcase himself as well. You know, both were picked high, and it's kind of the battle of the young quarterbacks. So, I like my odds with the Bears. You know, Eberflus and company playing strong defense against the young quarterback. Um, you know, them really getting the, the running game going offensively. Um, I, I like the Bears, it, and if you look at the schedule, honestly. I could see them going four and zero, possibly five and zero. Stop it! You look at it right.
0: <laughs> uh, no, we I'm, play I'm the not, Packers in week two, bro.
4: Oh shoot! <laughs> I'm looking at it the wrong thing. Okay, <laughs> so, okay. Besides the, besides the Packers, sorry, I was. Okay,
5: so I was three and finish. one. Okay. Yeah, we'll go three and one. Yeah,
4: yeah, <laughs> three and one, poss- possibly four and one. i sorry. On on my schedule, I'm looking at right now on my iPad. It has it slotted on both sides. But ah, you know, yeah. Left to right, then left to right. Ah. Okay, so. But Not yeah, the pack the Packers won. They they don't have Devontae Adams this year, so you know they might hey. be falling
5: off. Might be falling you, off. Let's
4: you, see. you never know. I mean, obviously with Aaron Rodgers, right? They always give him a chance. But without that dynamic duo, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I, Big Ant, Corey sounds like
3: more up. of a homer than I am. Right now which is saying a lot, man. That's saying a lot.
5: For the the guys the guys on the roster themselves right now, man, where they're at in the midst of the off season, a new regime coming in, you know what that's like where you know, you're just coming off of the, the rookie mini camp, vets have already been out there on the field, kinda getting to know the coaches, getting to know each other a little bit. In the midst of this newness, do you get the sense that the the players themselves are are in tune with the schedule release for you? What was that like? This time period like for you? Did you ever spend much time like looking at the schedule, kind of you know seeing like, oh okay, that that's when we're facing that quarterback. That's when I'm facing that offensive tackle. I really don't like that sort mm-hmm. of thing.
4: Yeah, that, that's that's kind of when you when you pick out, you look through the schedule and you're like, okay, we got Aaron Rodgers and company week two. Okay, okay, this is a big one. You circle that one. And then you look at some of these other ones, like you're talking about, going against this p- particular left tackle or this guard that gave you a little extra rib shot when you came mm-hmm. inside. So <laughs> you, you keep that stuff in mind. But then as a player, and you could attest tested that, you look at the schedule and you're like, realistically, we could be, you know, four and one or five and one, um, you know, throughout these stretch of games. And then, oh, okay, we could go on a little run right here. Because um, if you look at look at their schedule, I mean – you know the first six games of the season. that's it's really not not too bad. I don't think. You know, with the exception of the Packers that they struggled against. You look at the Texans. Uh, you look at the Giants. The Vikings, the team. You know, we played well against. Um, you know, Washington. Um, you know, kind of they've been struggling the past couple of years. And then the Patriots. Sometimes you know Mac Jones last year was was hit or miss at times. So um, you know, I think I think those those first you know couple of games. You know, I could see going in favor of the Bears, especially if if we're going to bring back that Monsters to the midway mentality, you know, really playing strong defense and Justin Fields take the next step and then we get that running game going. Um, Yeah, I, I can see it playing out pretty favorably. What do you guys feel about that? I'm
3: listen, you know I'm 17 and no every day you ask me that question. So this it former bear Corey Wooten joining us right here on 670. The score, I'm Gabe Ramirez. he's Anthony Heron. And you just touched on it a second ago. And I'm actually I'm genuinely curious from both of you guys, but Corey, I have you answer it first. When you do get a new coach, what what is that like for a player that's been on the team already when that guy comes? Like what is I don't I can't even imagine what that's like for a player.
4: So it was it was tough when when I was play for the Bears right. Lovey was our coach for my first three years. Then he got fired after the year we went ten and six, and then we had Tressman, and there there was like a bad taste in people's mouth because everyone loved Lovey. He was a player's coach. God, I told you this gave like grown men crying about mm. him being being let go, and I think people really respected him. But in this case, um, you know, I really think you know people Matt Nagy wore out his welcome in the locker room. And I think people are excited for the new regime. I thought Matt Nagy did a great job when he first came in his first year, you know, leading the Bears to the playoffs, the great season they had. But after that first year, you know, he was kind of losing that locker room with his stubbornness to not give up uh, offensive play calling. And, you know, you start hearing stories about him and Alan Robinson and company. So I think he really wore out his welcome. And I think people are excited, you know, for getting back to that defensive mind. We always talked about the Bears have always been best, when they have that defensive-minded team. And obviously, if we can get the offense rolling and everything rolling on all cylinders, but I think the guys are really excited to to play under Ibra Flus. Um, You know, they need that discipline. And, you know, we talked about this. What they really struggled with was, was the discipline things, you know, um, stopping the run, uh, penalties, things of that nature. And Ibra Flus really preaches that. So I'm looking forward to the season, to be honest with you.
5: And I love the point that – that Corey makes there because a lot of what he talks about is a is about the culture of the locker room, is about the belief the players have in the leadership in place. And it it's hard for that not to erode. Even if a bunch of the guys really still liked Matt Nagy as a dude, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're still preparing on a daily basis with that same grind or that when you take the field, you have the same belief that you maybe once had because the results just weren't there on the field. And so it does erode a lot of those intangibles there. And I would imagine it's a big part of why Ryan Poles has gone about reshaping the roster to the extent that he has. Yeah. You got to rebuild. And so that's, that's a big part of it too. You got to clear cap space. You got to get expensive guys out or not bring expensive guys back. But then also you're giving Matt Eberflus an opportunity for, for his players to put his imprint on the locker room and not have, like I went through uh, in Detroit, we went from, Marty Morninweg to Steve Mariucci. Mm. And, you know, in the Marty Morninweg experiment, man, you had a lot of veterans who had been there with a previous regime who just narrowly missed the playoffs in 2000, yep. the year before my rookie year. And then in 01, it's a whole lot of vets. Like, man, we really didn't need this whole, like, big changeover that we went yeah, through. Man. But then they did it anyway. They brought in Mordenweg, brought in Matt Millen. But a lot of those veterans were still there, and there there just wasn't a good chemistry in the team. Folks never got on board with Marty, with good reason, because Marty Mordenweg wasn't a quality head coach. But then by the time they brought in Mooch a couple of years later, they began to reshape the roster a little bit more. There was at least an opportunity for that regime, for the Steve Mariucci regime, to kind of put his imprint on the locker room. And I think that matters a lot. When you bring in a new regime, if if there was a bad taste in the mouth of a lot of the veterans that were previously there, then it's hard to say, hey, new guy, come in and just put this all in your image. It, it's not impossible, and it's happened, but it does make the job of the new coach that much more difficult. So I think that factors into the way they reshaped all of it to the question you asked there, Gabe.
3: Yeah, I mean, because it, it, again, when you're bringing somebody in like that, you say to yourself, what is my mindset going to be going in the season? I got this new guy. Am I trying to impress him? Am I working on a contract? Am I – you know, these are the things that I feel like people aren't talking about in terms of the quality of play you're going to get from this Chicago Bear team. A lot of these people are playing for the the following season. A lot of these people are trying to prove that, you know, maybe it was the coaching staff or it was those things. And so it's going to be interesting, uh, you know, like like I mentioned, to to see how these guys react to that, specifically Justin Fields. Corey, when you look at Fields, we talked – in depth about him last season watching what he did for the Chicago Bears team with what he was given yep. you 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 look at this season how do you feel he is going to like what to expl- tell me convince me why you feel like Justin Fields is going to be better this season and what is going to contribute to that
4: because I I feel like this under this new staff I'm I'm, I'm hoping I'm praying that they uh, really really focus on the run game early on you know to kind of take the pressure off them because you look at some of the games last year we ran the ball extremely well but at times we abandoned the run which I'm you know when games are still close you know a one score two score game and then we got really pass happy early on in the game and I kind of didn't understand that. And you're talking about getting a young quarterback's confidence up, how do you do that, the running game. So I'm hoping we get that running game going, then we get stuff he's comfortable with, some of those play actions, some of those sprint outs, some of those boots, really get him on the move where he feels comfortable, and then kind of, kind of open up that passing package. So that, that's what I'm hoping. We play good defense, we, we get the running game going, and then once he gets that confidence up, then we can really stretch the ball down the field. And that's where we're going to see the true growth from Justin Fields.
5: Three primetime games this year for the Bears, all of them within the first seven weeks of the season, Corey. You famously took out one of the all-time greats, Brett Favre, in primetime on national television, said, get up out of here. We don't want you in this division anymore. Damn near cut the man in half. So for you, what, what kind of charge, even though the Bears are only going to have three of those and they're all going to be fairly early, but you know, as a player we were talking about you know whether or not the guys may be checking that schedule out, what kind of charge did you get when you would evaluate that schedule before the season began and see when those national TV opportunities were going to come.
4: Exactly, especially with the first one against the Packers. I mean, you know, the rivalry week, and that's huge. You know, when you get to announce your, your uh, college team or high school or whatever you want to, hard-knock university, whatever you want to say when you're, you know, uh, announcing your name on there, um, it's, it's a huge stage. So, I think I think that's going to tell us a lot about these uh, the Bears this season, especially with that Packers game. And I think it's going to be critical to see these first two games for me. And I think that's going to tell you a lot about what type of coach Iberflus is and what kind of influence he has on the players. I always bring this back to the example when we had one of the top five defenses in the league in 2012 under Lovey Smith. We basically kept the whole defense the same with the exception of Brian Erlacher. Tressman comes in the next year with Mel Tucker, and we go from a top five defense to dead last in every category, right? That's that's telling you everything you need to know. Like the, it, everything was different, and I don't think people were fired up the same way that they were under Lovey Smith, Rod Marinelli, as they were with Trestman and Mel Tucker. And there's no knock on them. I'm just saying, different coaches, you know, do different things, and I think people really gravitate to a guy like Lovey Smith and company. And what I've heard about Ibraflus is he's that same Rod Marinelli type, that Lovey Smith type that people really rally around, that he's a player's coach. So I think these first two weeks are going to tell us a lot about this team and Matt Eberflus.
3: Corey Wu, in former Chicago Bear, joining us right here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Anthony Heron. Corey, we noticed last season David Montgomery really stepped up as a vocal leader for the Chicago Bears. And obviously with Mack being gone, Akeem not here as well, who's someone outside of Roquan Smith? I mean, who's a quiet guy in itself? But do you, or maybe you think it's him? Who, who do you feel like can be that vocal leader on the defensive side of the ball?
4: Robert Quinn, your man, Puerto Rican Bobby. <laughs> I mean, he, he had he had one of the, one of the best seasons he had in his career towards the end of his career. I think that's that's just telling you at such a high level. And, and Anthony he attested to this, you know, playing the defensive line. As you get older, it, it's hard for these guys to still maintain their quickness, their speed, their effort. That's the key thing. you know. Usually when guys get later in their career, their effort drops. His his effort went through the roof. And you see some, the second, the third moves, and then chasing the quarterback down from the blind side, going 20 yards to get a sack. Like That was unbelievable to see. And see him playing the run, because he was always known as one of those pass rushers that kind of gets up the field like Dwight Freeney, doesn't play the run well. But really seeing him step up after after a really bad year two years ago, you know, really come into his own and, and have nineteen sacks um was, was unbelievable. So Robert Quinn, that's that's the leader right there.
5: Yeah, I like where your head's at with that, man. I'm just wondering the we've talked a lot about the, the lack of playmakers that seemingly are there on the outside at receiver and they continue to bring more bodies in, but none of them really household names, anybody that you would anticipate will definitively be the Bears number one as the season approaches. How much concern do you have for how that affects the the continued development of Justin Fields?
4: Yeah, I, I definitely, definitely have a concern. Um, you know, Darnell Mooney has has made tremendous strides. Um, I don't know if he's ready for that number one role yet. Um, we brought Byron Pringle in. Um I would like them to get a free agent guy, you know, maybe maybe Julio Jones, you know, on on a prove it year, um, prove it deal. Um, he's a guy that's still a specimen, still has everything it takes, and uh, who, who knows, you know? I mean, I think he has everything it, it takes to be a number one receiver, which is about him staying healthy. So, um, you know, giving him an incentive later deal and and keep it moving.
3: I like that. I think I, I, we've been looking, Ant and I have been talking about. The veteran wide receivers that are still out there, people that can help you be competitive or just secure hands for Justin Fields, because that's what you want. That's why he threw mm-hmm. it to Darnell Mooney so often. He just created space, exactly. and he, he, he wasn't. This is my favorite receiver. It's this is the guy I can throw it to, and he's not going to drop it. Go, Komet. Sure. You know, it's just. I mean, that's <laughs> that's being real, right? Like that. That's what yeah. you. That's what you want. I mean, obviously the wide the wide receiver group. People have been saying that we had Hub Hubarkishan saying. That you know he would have. Uh, that's the group that might be the the worst. What mm-hmm. what what do you feel? I mean, what do you feel could be the worst group outside of receivers? And or excuse me, Corey. Who do, what do you think is the the position group that could use the most help outside of receivers? We already heard that.
4: Offensive line, right? Left tackle position. Uh, you know, I think shoring up that line. Um, that's something that's concerned for me. You know. You talk about a young quarterback and giving him the confidence. um, You know, I I thought for the most part, Jason Peters did a pretty good job last year, but at times he kind of looked a a little bit lost or he was towards the end of his career, which, you know, I mean, he had a great career and nothing against him, but he's getting up there in age. So um, securing that left tackle spot for me, and that's something that they didn't really address. You know, I know we have a couple, um, you know, tackles that we drafted and, and guards here and there in the center but these are kind of more project guys. Um, You know, it's it's not a, you know, come in day one and, and, uh, you know, be able to play that left tackle position. I was was kind of bummed because I was really eyeing the guy from Central Michigan, Bernard Ryman, the left tackle that came out of there, and we Mm -hmm. could have potentially got him in the third round um, and not had to trade up or anything, and he was still there, and I think he probably will be a starter for um, the Colts potentially, so... Um, that's something that I feel like we missed the ball on.
5: Yeah, it would have been nice to be able to maybe grab one more a little bit early. Got a whole lot of projects there later on in the draft. So exactly. We're gonna have to watch closely, see how that development works out on the old line We know you'll be watching it as
3: closely and as well as anybody, Corey. Really appreciate you joining us tonight, man.
4: Oh, thank you guys for having me. Appreciate you guys.
3: Of course, Corey. We'll talk to you soon. It's Corey Wooten, former Bear, joining us right here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Anthony Heron. And coming up right after this, you know, the schedule has been released. And I felt like we could have a little bit of fun with it. And I think people don't realize how fun you are. Me being able to sit next to you on Bears Unleashed for the entire season, I know what you're like off air. I know you're a blast. So I know you're going to. So I came up with this thing. It's called Heron. How did it happen? I am going to throw a fictitious uh, Bears season at you and what their right. what their record would be. And then I want you to think in your brain, big uh, Applehead brain, and say to Uh yourself, this is how that would happen. All right? So, Heron, how did it happen? I throw out some scenarios. Ant gives us the answers. We'll do that right after this on 670 The Score.
1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
3: How does that happen, Tony? Ah, uh, sounds like my wife again. Just hitting me with the how does that happen, Gabe? I don't know sometimes. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, here on the Chicago Bears schedule release show. And we're about to have a little fun right now, you know, because you can look at the schedule and, and you can come up with countless amounts of predictions for how the Chicago Bears will end the season record wise. And I've, I've come up with three potential final records.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: And I'm going you have no idea what these are. And I think this I is great. Not. But you, if I tell you the record, you should be able to tell me how it happened. So that's why we have Heron. How did it happen? All right, so your first record is the Bears going 8 and 9. A little bit better huh. result than last season. 8 and 9, still below 500, but Heron, how did it happen?
6: How do you think that happened? Well, we're going to have to get to the bottom of it.
3: So this one is I think pretty easy
5: because if the Bears end up going 8 and 9 on the season, it means that they were they were competitive but not dominant. Within the division, you know they they're gonna get a few divisional wins, and right now I think you could certainly make the case the Bears' personnel, that roster top to bottom, isn't amongst the best in the division. But how do they end up going eight and nine this season? I, I see I see some scenarios playing out leading eight and nine where where they get off. To a hot start, we were just talking with Corey Wooten about, hey, maybe they start off three and one. You know, Corey's a little confused. He said, hey, maybe they go like five and zero. You know, they take a closer look at the schedule, the way it shakes up. You know, like, hey, maybe three and one, four one, something along those lines. But then maybe things taper off, where things could potentially taper off if we see a a scenario where, like, you know, Darnell Mooney for some reason decides that he's going to take some time away from the team as their number one and leading receiver because he's feeling, like, super charitable. Mm. And he wants to, like, go back to to Tulane and spend some time teaching classes. So Darnell Mooney is going to leave the Bears for several weeks to go be a professor back at Tulane because he's a highly (laughs) intelligent young man. And while he's doing that, he's going to step away from the Bears for a few weeks. and already struggling passing attack will be negated that much more without Darnell Mooney on the field. So as opposed to having to play some of these other receivers that they haven't built any faith and rapport in yet, the Bears are just going to have like five running backs on the field. Mm. So that's going to make some of those games in the thick of the schedule, the meaty part of the schedule, really difficult for them to win because there's literally going to be one wide receiver dressed, and it's all going to be running backs and tight ends beyond that. But then Donna Mooney will return from his uh, professorial duties at Tulane, <laughs> and the Bears are going to finish strong down the last month and a half or so. I,
3: I got to be honest. I'm just glad you didn't say Justin Fields got hurt, and, and that's why the Bears went. Uh, no, not for 8-9. 8-9. and Okay, good. I like that. All right, Anthony Heron, how did it happen? Scenario number two, the Bears end the season 3-14. and 14. Oh, Heron, God, no. Uh, no, Heron, how did it happen? All right, so if they only
5: win 3 Three games this year, which frankly, I, I I would guess. Now we didn't have any of the callers to tonight's show, which no. I was really surprised by these these we're supposedly bound. pessimistic callers. Yeah, no, 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 we're, we're, we're playoff bound based on it, them. <laughs> I mean, seven wins, nine wins, ten wins. I'm surprised we didn't get somebody predicted an undefeated schedule. In. They they probably already heard you doing that's it, my job. So they decided, yeah, they decided they weren't going to do that. But if the Bears somehow only win three games this season. I would imagine that part of what that would end up leading to is that if Bears quarterback Justin Fields, now, I don't foresee an injury. I'm not going to predict an injury that leads to three wins. But what would happen in that scenario is if Justin Fields, in all this work that he's putting in over the offseason, we've seen him out there throwing with Darnell Mooney. We know Bayless Jones is all excited about having his locker next to Justin Fields, all the work that he's putting in preparing if for some reason Justin Fields, in this three-win scenario, there's a psychic that gets involved Uh in in Justin Fields' preparation. Ah. And so he goes into each game relying on a a Deion Warwick-style psychic (laughs) to tell him what the true (laughs) offensive game plan should be. And so once Justin Fields decides he is no longer – going to listen to Luke Getzey and what the game plan should be for the Bears' offense, and he's going to have Miss Cleo out here trying to tell him what he needs to be doing (laughs) at quarterback for the Bears. It's going to be a struggle, I think is the the most accurate way I can put it, by having a psychic involved with the offensive game plan and that being where Justin Fields is taking things and trying to improve as a quarterback as opposed to really building that bond with his new O.C. and building that trust and how the Bears are going to operate offensively. That would be a
3: scenario, I think, that could lead to a three-win season. Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. We're in the middle of Heron, how did it happen, where I give Anthony some potential outcomes for the upcoming season. He lets us know how it happened. Three and 14, I just hope that's not a scenario where – because it's very possible where maybe the defense is underperforming Mm -hmm. not necessarily reaching the status that we felt they could with the new rookies. Let's say the rookies don't live up to their hype and – you know the defense regresses a little bit from last season, and you know we lose a lot of these close games instead of making them competitive or having Justin Fields give us an opportunity to win. Three and fourteen, though, man. If we end up three and fourteen, some Bears fans will be happy because of the draft picks we would get. Ant, but <laughs> me personally, three and fourteen. You and I, we cover the Bears during the season, so. That makes our job rough. that
5: much tough. It's going to be tough. Yeah, man. I don't rough. know how much positivity you know? I
3: can pull out of that
5: one. I mean, six wins. It was rough getting through a lot of those last <laughs> year. Three wins. You well, know, especially because game.
3: of the losing streaks. Mm. I think that was the most difficult. It wasn't as though the six wins were sprinkled throughout the season. You yeah. went on some heavy losing streaks that really just made you feel like you were down in the dumps. I think that's what happened. Even uh, the wins were kind of like the the right. win against
0: the Lions and on Thanksgiving
3: was just so bluff. You felt oh, yeah. just and you gotta right. go on and you're like, Yeah, we, we suck, but <laughs> that game was a good one, right, guys? Right? Justin Fields. You always go back to Justin Fields and whatever it would look like. Um all right, I got one last scenario for you. All right. Heron, Aunt Heron, how did it happen? Bears going twelve and five. Ooh. Heron, how did it happen? Okay. Twelve five. crap. <laughs> <laughs> that would be uh that'd be reason
5: folks to get excited, man. I think the the three win scenario at the moment, I would say that's definitely on the table. Twelve wins. I'm not completely sure that's on the table this year, but in this uh for the purposes of this this exercise here, a twelve win bear squad this year. So let's say because we know. Green Bay quarterback Aaron Rodgers has a whole lot of other interests in life right now, man. You know whether it's the the variety of relationships that have been out there for him, getting engaged and unengaged, whether it's him being a game show host, whether it's him being you know <laughs> supposed part time owner of the Bears and owner of the Milwaukee uh. Bucks. You name it. It's a lot out there on Aaron Rodgers' plate these days. Maybe Aaron Rodgers at some point here decides to try his hand at acting mm. as well. Aaron Rodgers decides to step away and he's gonna perform in like the the fourth spinoff of power or something like wow. that. Tommy and boy. So, okay. Yeah. And so Aaron Rodgers is gonna do that. He steps away. So if you end up in a scenario where Jordan Love is starting for the Packers, you can you can chalk up <laughs> two wins right there in Green Bay. And that adds to the, the confidence, that that culture we were talking about a few minutes ago with Corey Wooten, now the Bears are rolling. Now the Bears got some momentum going. Now the division seems up for grabs because you were waiting and wondering over the offseason whether or not if Aaron Rodgers was going to end up somewhere else or if, he was, if Green Bay was going to get rid of him before they paid him half a billion dollars or whatever they guaranteed him, instead of doing that, Aaron Rodgers says, you know what? I'm going to take this money. I know a Tom Brady got guaranteed to him by Fox Sports. You know what? (laughs) I don't want to work in sports broadcasting. I'm going to stop balling right now and go into acting. That's what Aaron Rodgers is going to do, and if that happens – not only will those two wins against Green Bay be on the ledger, but then also that's going to build the momentum the Bears would need to build up a lot of wins against some of these other folks too. So that that's what I'm counting. I like the 12 it. 12-win Bears squad is a Bears squad that had Aaron Rodgers go into acting as opposed to quarterback.
3: Shailene Woodley maybe rubbed off on Aaron a little bit. He exactly. started seeing her checks come in, and he exactly. was like, what am I doing right here? His agent got him. I like that. I think if the Bears come up with 12 victories, I'm going to chalk it up to injuries. You know, maybe, you know, Josh Allen is playing. That might be playing. more realistic. Yeah, yeah. Josh Allen yeah. isn't playing on the 24th or, like right. you said, Aaron Rodgers goes to act. Uh, um, that could be – the other scenario, which, okay, obviously it's super far-fetched for the Bears to go 12-5. and I, even as a the Bears optimist, think that way. But it could happen. In, if you feel like Justin Fields, Dan Orlovsky said it, if the Bears offense clicks on any level – you're going to have to consider him for MVP candidate at that point. And if, let's say he is, listen, the crux of the the Bears has been putting up points for the last couple of seasons. Mm -hmm. If somehow, some way, Justin Fields can give us over 18 points a game and we become competitive because our defense, it's like Hub said, everything has to go right in these scenarios. But if our defense does play well and keep us in these games and, and Justin can have some fourth quarter magic, let's be honest, I thought the Patriots were overrated last year because of their schedule. It could be a situation like that where the Bears, with the schedule that they have, find themselves on the the, the side of victory more more often than not. And you know, maybe we do. Okay, I heard the high pitched voice. That means it's a lie. So trying it's, to talk yourself into yeah, which I respect. Whenever I respect. you get the high pitched voice, you just know that. It. Like, ah, I, I
0: was. I'll say this, guys. In my Madden franchise, my second year, which is going to be this year in real life, sure. Justin Fields won the MVP. So. Oh. Well,
3: and won the Super Bowl. Ryan Poles, if you have an opening in the front office, studs just managed a, a Super Bowl team right now, so you might want to. I've actually done three in a row now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, wow. I'm mean, no big deal. Listen, put it on your resume. It's actually, the
0: crowd, I'm not even that proud of the Super Bowls. I always win the Super Bowl. Okay. What I'm really proud of is after I extended Justin Fields in, in the fourth <laughs> year, after I extended him, I still have a hundred million dollars in cap space wow. for the next year. That's how well I've managed
3: the team. It's that econ degree coming in uh,
0: to play for Adam Stazinski. Who's who's the number one receiver on this squad
5: at the
3: moment? Allen Robinson. Oh, so you. you Darnell Mooney's still there.
0: Oh, I extended Allen Robinson in the first season. Okay. You have no idea how hard it was to fill the roster after I extended Allen Robinson. It was <laughs> difficult. I had to draft very well. Ant Heron's still playing defensive
3: line for the Bears at that point because he doesn't have much thought about left. <laughs> I, need, I had zero depth. Oh, it's Gabe man. Ramirez, Anthony Heron here on 670 to score. And we got a, a a text on the text line. I told you to try to avoid it, but he did put up a go. And He said, hey, man, what's the schedule? And I said, man, damn, we went through this whole show so far. We haven't even gone down the list. I'm going to do it quickly before we go to break. Week one, we open against the San Francisco 49ers on Fox Television September 11th. Right after that, next couple of games, Packers, Texans, Giants, Vikings up in Minnesota. Then Thursday Night Football, Amazon Prime, that's their new thing. Bears going up against the Washington Commanders. October 24th, Bears take on the Patriots up in New England. And then October 30th, this is the game I'm going to with my family. If you're going to be road tripping this year, you should be going to Dallas. Whenever you have an opportunity to go check out Jerry's World and they're taking on the Chicago Bears, got to check that out October 30th. And it's Halloween weekend. Can't beat that. November kicks off with the Dolphins, Lions, Falcons. And then we wrap up November by heading out to New York and taking on the Jets. December, we got the Packers. And then, of course, the latest buy I've ever seen, Ant, happening December 11th in week 14. That's pretty That's pretty crazy. I don't know. I don't feel like I've seen that before. And then uh, week 15 through 18, we got the Eagles, Bills, Lions, and then we wrap up the season at home against the Minnesota Vikings. Sounds like a 12-5 and 5 team to me, guys. I don't know about you.
5: <laughs> That's a lot of ball to be played before you finally get your first <laughs> bye. Three national TV games in primetime for the Bears on the schedule as it sits right now. Now, who knows? You know, they're all within the first seven weeks of the schedule, like we mentioned earlier in the show. But – if things are going well, if they are on some kind of 12-win trajectory, probably not. But if that's happening, <laughs> then maybe even get uh, get flexed into some more of these national TV games in prime time as well. But you know, we have seen a couple of examples in, in the not-too-distant past. It's been a couple of years where the Bears only had two primetime games. But usually, you're trying to get that Chicago market on the air. Obviously, you do have a young, noteworthy quarterback in Justin Fields also that they don't mind getting on TV as well. So you got something like the Bears-Packers rivalry that's always going to be there early in the season because you want to make sure you get those in before things kind of taper off a little bit. Maybe the Bears are out of the mix. So that's part of why they kind of front load a lot of the national TV opportunities yeah. in a season like this where it's not anticipated the Bears you know, may, may not
3: end up being that good. Two words for you, Ant Flex Game. I think the Bears, might, I think the Bears might end up in that little situation in yeah, my in my dreams. We'll um, fortunately for us here at six seventy to score, we had the schedule in advance thanks to Danny Parkins. But that wasn't the only thing he was doing today. He was at Harry Carey celebrating the fine gentleman himself, and he had an opportunity to talk to Steve Stone, who gave a phenomenal story regarding Mister Harry Carey himself. We'll play that for you and wrap up the Chicago Bears schedule release show. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Anthony Heron. This is 670 The Score.
4: Buying you a beer, drinking a beer with them.
0: We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station.
3: You know, Ants, a popular question people ask all the time is, if you could have a beer with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? Mm-hmm. And if you ask me, my abuelo, my grandfather, he was a bud man. So to me, they are, two people that are synonymous with but it's my grandfather and then it's harry (laughs) Carey.
0: very high on that that. list
3: yeah Uh yeah. and 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 i i I can sense that harry and i we love alcohol the same kind of way you know that doesn't mean you should check in on me that just means that i was gonna say what in in large quantities or (laughs) what exactly does that mean daily whatever whatever Uh, maybe during the show i don't know um, but so i'd have no idea what that would be like but steve stone had a hell of a story describing just that. He joined Parkinson's Spiegel today on the annual toast to Harry Carey. And let's hear Steve recount his drinking buddy, Harry Carey, and what that was like.
6: We used to go out after a ball game. And, you know, it would be very late. And Harry would go to this place. He had a a favorite Italian restaurant in Pittsburgh. And they kept everybody there for him. Well, they kept the manager. They kept the bartender, certainly. And they kept the cook. And so we went in. It was 1130. I'll give you a typical evening and then tell you another story related to this. But we went in, and by that point, we had a pretty good regimen. And that was I had my appetizer. Uh Harry had his first martini. I had then my salad. Harry had his second martini. I had my entree. Harry had his third martini. Hmm. I had my dessert. Harry had his fourth martini. And then Harry would order. I would be done eating, but Harry would order. He'd get linguine with clam sauce, something along those lines. Now it's 1 o'clock in the morning. Now the chef is falling asleep. He wants to go home. Harry's just having the entree. But he would never allow the menus to come to the table until he had four martinis. And then with dinner, he would usually have Budweiser's. Occasionally he would have wine, but this was with his dinner. After dinner, he'd have three Grand Marnier's. And then... He would drop me off at home. It was now 2 o'clock or so in the morning, and then he would go out for some serious drink. (laughs) So we came to that accommodation. That was the rhythm. But um, I couldn't keep up with him. Nobody really could. George Brett was a fairly young guy, and Harry said, you know, you like to play golf? Yeah. Why don't you come in the off season and visit me in Palm Springs because I live on the Canyon Country Club, the the fifth hole? And George said, that would be great. And George went down. He said, you play golf all day, and we'll go out at night. And so he was going to be, he had booked a week there. After two days, George Brett, a very young, virile athlete, went back to Kansas City. And somebody asked him, what happened? You only lasted two days. He goes, I feared for my life. <laughs> so, no, you, could not, you couldn't keep up with Harry. He was a legendary away from the broadcast booth. But in the broadcast booth, he was very professional. <laughs> oh my god, I, I have a feeling
3: that I've been on the Harry Carey side of a story a time or two. Mm-hmm. With my butt. I, I had to. And you and I have never gone out for a drink, bro. What's up with that? I mean, not yet, not yet. That is,
5: uh, that's definitely something we got to rectify at some point in the not too distant future. Here, we're going to make that happen. But I've had, um, I've had some some broadcast partners over the years, and the variety of networks I've called games for, the variety of travels. That I've had here domestically for different purposes in the the sports media world, I've had a couple folks I've worked with, man, who who could not wait <laughs> to get it in. Whether it was the the night before game, or sometimes you got a, like a later game in prime sure. time. I work with some folks who don't mind getting it in during the day before we head to a stadium. I've never been a strong day drinker myself. I just get tired. Okay, you know, I just I, I start to just feel like you know what, it's time to go to bed. Uh, so if I'm gonna actually have to like be awake and alert and be on camera later on, just trying to trying to do anything like that beforehand, never, never has suited me very well. But I've definitely had a I've had a few of those partners in years past that don't mind getting it in. So I've I've made very few efforts to truly hang with folks sure. who are, who can get it in like Harry can. But I, I can understand where Steve Stone is coming from, man, because when you when you're with a legend like that. And he's doing his thing. It's just nice to be in that rarefied air sometimes.
3: And I feel like every time I see you on Twitter or on TV, you're calling a a number of different games, a number of different things. I mean, you're just all over the place. Like like you said, you have worked with a ton of people. Has anyone ever been drunk on the air? I don't want to say drunk, but just you know, feeling good, Um, as I would like to call it.
5: I mean, not, not somebody I've actually been calling a game with, no, but, you know, when you're in a stadium or in those settings, you know, you can certainly be around, like, a, you know, a whole lot of folks who who in fans at sporting events, you certainly see plenty of that, man. Sure. And even just being, being at Wrigley Field, the last college football game, at least the last regular season college game that I called last fall, I think I was telling you and Sharky about it, you know, as we were kind of coming down the stretch of our Bears Unleashed schedule where I had the uh, – the Northwestern versus Purdue game that was at Wrigley yeah. this year or this last uh, college football season and just having that opportunity man to go and hang out at Wrigley to get to call a football game there for you know what they term as the Wildcat Classic and couldn't help but just sort of get swept up in the the history of what that broadcast booth meant in the you know seeing the the Harry Carey logo out there like we all see if we go out to Wrigley but to actually be in the booth you know right there where where the logo is at and to think about the fact that Harry Carey occupied that space Steve Stone occupied that space so many greats over the years and to get to call a game there you know and and have that be synonymous with Harry Carey, I, I did resist the urge to to just <laughs> belt out and start singing the seventh inning stretch, but it crossed my mind, man. But I, I just figured, you know, it's a college football game, it was a Big Ten Network. Right. Some folks would get the bit, some folks wouldn't, so I decided I won. not to. I too, exactly, exactly. And it was a competitive game between Purdue and Northwestern, sure. so I held back. I decided not to, but who knows, man? If I get that opportunity again, maybe next Don't time pass I'm it out, up. I'll go ahead and do it. Are you one? So when when take me out to the ball game happens at a ballpark when you go to a game regardless of the stadium is going on sure are you one who belts it out loud and sings it are you kind of under your breath you're just kind of rocking back and forth hit style well what's your participation I, level
3: my i'm a double major econ and behavioral communication so i'm always watching people so during the seventh inning stretch i am the person that's looking around okay and i want to see okay. if, I, if i'm at wrigley are people is anyone saying it's for the group for the Sox? if i'm at Kamiski, is anyone saying, root for the cubbies. You know that so I'm, I'm more of a, an observant guy. Probably by the seventh right. thing, let's be honest. I'm trashed by that point anyway.
0: Yeah, you know, Ad- I was gonna say my participation in that is directly related to how many drinks
3: I've had. Right, exactly, okay. right, right, exactly. Okay. And and Adam Stazinski, him and I, we play on the same softball team together. And not once was I able to go out and drink with you, which mm-hmm. I'm disappointed in. But Ad- Anytime, Ad- man, I was always pulling. <laughs> Nobody ever wanted to go out. Okay, but here's the <laughs> thing, Adam. What you did see me do though was drink during the game. Oh I did. Yeah. I was like, oh, every time I would pound beers during I had a whole section of my homies that were doing it. My specialty yeah. was Gatorade and vodka. Ooh, you're wow. dangerous going out. Gotta was, hydrate, wow. gotta hydrate and I get my buzz. It's I was both. just doing Best my, my course light aka my water. That was my that was my jam. Now see the thing is this aunt, you know I worked B96 14 years over there. So mm. you can you can show up to your you know you're doing the morning show over there. You know how many times I showed up to the morning show trashed? Because I was going out the night before, young Gabe Ramirez having uh, a, but but the thing is over L. there uh, no sleep. It's a bit. You show up to your job on pop radio. It's a bit that you're trashed and you can <laughs> you know identify with other people here on six seventy <laughs> score. You might get looked at a, a certain type of way, or maybe I'll find out one day.
5: I'm I think Ram- it's worth it, man. Yeah, I, I think I it's think, worth it. Go ahead, hey, and give it a roll, hey, man. Hey, hey. See what
3: happens. Call in the Mully and Hall. or been or, all night. And, or you come into the studio and we get down while we're here while we're here at uh, at the station. All right.
2: Mm. Uh-huh.
3: That's, That's what like I thought. That's a special event out of that. We'll hey, agree. let's go ahead and thank our guests for today. Of course, Hub Danny Parkins, the 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 predictor, and Corey Wooten for joining us today. We appreciate all of you guys. Of course, got to thank our producer extraordinaire, Adam Staczynski. Don't forget, BetMGM is on right after this, BetMGM Tonight. And, of course, for Gabriel Ramirez, Anthony Heron, I will see you tomorrow, 6 p.m., right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score.
6: That's it. You people have stood in my way long enough. I'm going to clone college.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.